This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. It's Tuesday night. It can mean only one thing here at Radio City Talk. It is the Fight Disciples. And we're in here. We're covered in tinsel. We've got all kinds of terrible Christmas decorations in the studio right now. Uh, I can't believe they've actually paid for someone to do this. It looks shocking. As I was just saying to my guest there, it looks like my nan's house back in 1986. I've never seen so much cheap tinsel in my life. But anyway... Let's move forward, and tonight, my special guest is the one and only, Tom Farrell. Good to see you, my mate. Nice, uh, nice one for having me. You How are you? Good, mate. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. You're looking well yourself. Fresh yeah. from a nice holiday with the lads. Oh, yeah. You know, they're doing too happy, like, but, you know. <laughs> Where <laughs> did you go? How long are you away for? Uh, Dubai for the... Uh, well, we went to the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, but we stayed in Dubai. Yeah. Um, that was, like, for me, birthday. Little birthday celebration. Don't normally get to celebrate my birthdays. I'm normally boxing, like, December. Yeah around that time I have been for years even as an amateur so yeah first time in a while I've been able to celebrate my birthday good but how many of the lads went uh, four of us went and we knew a couple of people over there so yeah good little group of us when we, when we met up yeah yeah um, one of your mates works out there doesn't he yeah yeah my mate Paul works in Abu Dhabi in a school he's a uh, He's he's loving it over there, like he's invited me back, so <laughs> just looking for my next chance to escape. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's uh is he working as a P teacher you mentioned before yeah, we come on yeah, in? Yeah, yeah, he's like head of P, so he's uh he's not used to this cold weather back home. He's coming home for the for a couple of weeks over Christmas, but he'll be straight back on on the plane to Abu Dhabi. Yeah, not half. What about yourself? You fancy going over there a bit of warm weather training? Take the lads, take Danny and the lads over there? Yeah, everyone mad. Yeah, that's to put that on our expenses. Yeah, <laughs> are you one of the? We had Sam Maxwell in this show in the studio a couple of weeks ago, and he he was telling me how he went away with his girlfriend. I think he went to Turkey or to Greece, and he ended up sparring there. He found a gym and he found some lads, and he ended up sparring at this gym while his girlfriend was lying on a, a you know a, a lilo next to the pool or whatever. <laughs> Did you do any training while you were, or you a switch off? That's just Sam Maxwell for you. Yeah. Ha- have gloves, will travel, <laughs> go anywhere and spar. Exactly. No way. No, we we did plan on getting up in the morning doing a little bit, but uh, it's just <laughs> just a bit worse for me. Yeah, it never happens. Yeah, since uh, you know, since the O'Hara Davis fight, we'll come on to that later in the show and everything else. But you know, looking through your social media, mate, you look like you've had a good couple of weeks off. Give yourself a good break. You went away with your girlfriend at first. Yeah, to Mykonos was that, yeah, and then yeah. you know. So have you been back in the gym yet properly? Yeah, or I, I think everyone thinks I've just been on a mad blog out today. I've been following your social well, media. Been, and I'm uh, like, I wish I lived Tom Farrell's life. Tell, tell me. <laughs> I I have been training as well, so. Yeah, uh, I had to stay half in shape for my holidays. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like fat thing yeah, you need that six pack, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, I've uh, I've still been training, so yeah, I'm I'm ready for ready for the nod now on, on our next fight and looking forward to getting back in the gym. I've just enjoyed training, not having nothing specifically to focus on and yeah. just, just enjoying getting just back taking to the basics. Over. Yeah, just taking over, yeah. I think a lot of people don't realise sometimes, you know, for, for yourself, you're not someone that struggles to make weight, but it's these times when there isn't a fight on the horizon. And you can actually do some decent technical work. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Just just stripping everything down, going back to basics. As I said, not having to focus on any, any particular opponent or any particular game plan. Just just enjoying boxing again, really. Just yeah. it becomes less of a uh, less of a chore, less less work. It's just you can enjoy it a little bit and relax. Relax in the gym. The break there, getting away, uh, obviously going to the Formula One you mentioned. Is that, you know, away from boxing then, you know, how do you relax? Do you, is there other sports you're into? Are you a football fan? Do you play golf, anything like um, that? Or Literally, uh, I don't, don't start doing sports. Be it goes mad because, I mean, they're coming straight home from the gym, shooting out to play golf. Footy, you know, I'm not allowed to play footy no more. I've been banned by Danny. <laughs> I was playing for my Sunday team. And he, now, are we saying that on air because Danny might be listening? Off air, you know, are we going to? No, uh, are we it. still playing Sunday league? No, honestly, I haven't played for like a year now because I think it was the lead up to the the Kofi Yates fight in Goodison. I think I played when it, he, he said, "Listen, don't play now. We've got a big fight coming." I was like, "Yes, yeah, and yeah, yeah." Obviously, in one year out the other, so we know some of the lads who was playing right. footy with on a Sunday, and he went away. Fazzo played yesterday and blew me sky eye. <laughs> so I, I, I got the text off him saying, uh, do you play, how do you get on yesterday? I was like, I just thought, there's no point lying, he knows. He knows someone's blew me up. Who so. blew you up? Don't tell me someone who kept on the bench. Whoever was on the bench, that's yeah, who I'd point the yeah. finger at. Yeah, probably I was, yeah. Don't tell me. I'm going to go that. for, I'm going to go for. Now, usually I would say 99% of boxers that come in the studio that play footy as well, Centre fireworks, but I'm not going to say that with you, Tom. I'm not going to say your centre forward. I'm going to say you are 
a anchoring midfielder. Chopper, chopper, that's not. That's what I'm going to go for. Tricky, uh, tricky winger. Oh, uh, yeah, tricky winger. I would never have said that. Fast on me when I'm on my weight. See, when I was when I was playing, I used to play fullback. And I used to love choppy wingers because I just chopped them in half, and exactly, that was it. Yeah. But I would never chop you in half, yeah. obviously. Don't what people don't laugh kick me as well because really? I go past them. Yeah. They don't know you. See, exactly, they haven't seen. Yeah. They haven't seen what goes on inside the ring. <laughs> what 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 was the Formula One thing all about? Them is that are you banging into motorsports as well, or was that no, just you because you were away with the lads? Yeah, literally, yeah, not not into it whatsoever. One we made two, we went with. He loves it. Watch yeah. it every every time it's on. I was gonna say every week then, but I don't even know whether it's on every week. Yeah, yeah, um, every other week I think it yeah, is. Yeah. yeah, I think so. But yeah, I I could have took it or leave it. We were struggling for tickets to be honest, and I was like, oh, it doesn't matter. We're going away. It's yeah. all be better going to like going near Grand Prix, but it doesn't matter if we don't go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a good, great experience. It was boss. I was made up. We went to be honest because we were like trackside, wow. walking around the marina inside all, all on all the yachts. Um, got confidence, belted tickets so. Yeah, it was good, great experience. So yeah. something else there. It's a different world out nah, there, though, isn't it? The money that's involved in that. Yeah, I was speaking to uh, Callum Smith around the World Boxing Super Series. Obviously, they announced that out in, in Monaco, I think it was, or Monte Carlo, or whatever. And he was saying it's a different world out there yeah. from what, what you see. And that's one sport, unlike boxing. I think a lot of people who, even a lot of boxing fans, they've got this wild imagination that there's tons of money floating around in boxing just because they see the likes of Anthony Joshua or, or yeah. David Hay with these you know big paychecks but for 99.9% of boxers it's not that world at all no definitely not wouldn't mind one of them Joshua paydays <laughs> tell me about it you were at the Jolly Boys this week wasn't you yeah Was there a, did you do a show as well at the Jolly Boys did they usually it was a Steve Wood show yeah Steve Wood does it every year in uh, Manchester I think there's like a waiting list of I think there's like a thousand people who go to Manchester one. Yeah. Um, and he trialed the Liverpool one three years ago now. Uh, I think and I, I boxed on it the first time out. Wasn't that busy. And then obviously when word sort of catches on how good of a show it is. Yeah. A bit busier last year. And again, it was it was all, all right again this year. I think I sold most of the tables for it, even though we weren't fighting. <laughs> all, all the regulars come to watch. Yeah. I think all, all, the, all, the, all the lads birds are like saying, who's Tom fighting? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> He's not. He's not. He's just on the what top are you table. For then? Yeah, he's just loving it. Yeah. It's important that though, isn't it? That you know, boxing fans. You know, it's great. We all want to go to the Echo Arenas. We all want to go to the big events and everything yeah. else. But you know, it's important to support grassroots pro boxing at that level as well. Yeah, that's it. Everyone starts somewhere, don't they? And you know, I think I, I had my first day fight in the Olympia, and you know, I think people hate it. It was freezing cold. Toilets were terrible. But yeah. you know, it was a nice venue to box. I, I like the Olympia to be honest. Um, but again, as a spectator, it's not the nicest of, of arenas, is it? especially when you've got the Echo Arena around the corner. Yeah, of course. It's very much, I think it's more like for hardcore fans, isn't it? I was speaking to Derry Matthews in here last week, and he's open to do some shows for MTK in Liverpool yeah. in 2018. You know, his dream, it, it, you know, Derry's like, he's mad. His dream is to have a central area fight, headline a card, back at Everton Park Sports Centre, because for yeah. him... That's where he started, you know. He started at Everton Park. He used to be ABA Finals there and everything. But I, I think we—that's what the city's missing at the moment. I feel like it's missing a grassroots scene. Yeah, a bit of an arena where where people can go. Well, Steve would just trialed the Convention Centre, which is next door to the Echo Arena. I thought that was a was a great venue. Yeah. Um, to turn out weren't as good as what we we developed like, but um, yeah, I thought that was a class venue for. Uh, for, for a small sort of show. Yeah, I'll come on later about your team and everything that's going on at No Limits, of course, but British boxing at the moment, you know, can you feel it? It feels like we're at the epicentre of the true golden age of British boxing, I believe. It, it is booming, isn't it? You know, everyone, there's, there's fights on every week, you know, there's big big domestic fights, um, British fighters in big world title fights, so, you know, it's, it's, it's booming. You've got Billy Joe Saunders on the weekend, um, James the Gale and that as well coming up, so... Yeah, yeah. It, it is booming. I think it's a lot on, on the back of like the Olympic success and how the GB team have done. You know, it's it's pushing on in the pro ranks as well, isn't it? Yeah, certainly in this city as well. You know, there's not a gym in this city at the moment that isn't packed. You know, you've got keep fitters for all day. You know, for for a few hours and then you have the pros in during the day. Every gym I go to, there seems to be half a dozen pros everywhere. Yeah, well, our our gym obviously quite new, new sort of pro gym and. Not many people were, up, were sort of knew about Danny at first, but now I think it's sort of taken off in our gym and everyone sort of knows who our gym are now. But if you look at our the No Limits senior boxing class, where it, it's obviously the amateurs, you've got like 40, 40 odd people sort of getting involved on a Tuesday, Thursday night. 
It's a good job we've got the got the big gym because we wouldn't have had, had the space to take them. Of course, yeah. Do you, do you still get involved with the amateurs as well? Yeah, because yeah. Um, I've done my amateur coaching badge years ago and I, I love getting involved in coaching some of the youngsters so I weren't too sure whether they could coach as while I was a professional boxer but Danny told me I can so I'm still waiting to to the, have a word down Lynch and get me get yeah. my coaching badge renewed. But that's something you definitely want to pursue, yeah? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in the gym every day. Um, while, while I'm sort of training like I do little bits of sessions with people and that as well so keep training with mates and stuff so yeah I, lo- I love doing that I'm from a coaching background even before yeah. before the turn professional I've always done coaching as a kid football boxing you know as I said you name it whatever sport I, I lo- always do so yeah yeah. I love, love being involved with the kids great well, and there's um, obviously there's so much going on there do you still, do you still go up to Nosley Vale just still pop your head in there or now and again it's hard as I said it's hard because I'm literally in the gym, sometimes I'm in the gym at seven o'clock in the morning, saying, and then I'm not getting home till later on at night. Yeah, it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to see my mates and my family. Never mind, go up to Old Devale and see them. But you know, I'm always in contact with them. Yeah, always have a, have a little chat with Dad and the lads up there. Yeah, you enjoying it? You enjoying being a pro? Yeah, love it. Yeah, people say like to me, you know, what's the biggest things that you've that you've encountered that you weren't ready for, you weren't expecting, you know. Did you expect it to be a flood of money? Did you expect it kept really busy? Did you expect it all to go smoothly? You know, it's a, you're in an unusual position right now because your your career went like a fairy tale, and now you've had your first stumble. Yeah. You know, so you're in a in a weird place right now, but a good place to look back over what you've achieved. Yeah. To be honest, I think when the first turned professional, you know, I weren't expecting to be a world champion. I weren't, I weren't setting like all my unrealistic goals at turned professional because I thought I'm. You know, I, I I love boxing. Yeah. I wasn't doing it for the money. So obviously the money was a bonus. Obviously now I'm in a position where I don't don't have to work and I can solely concentrate solely concentrate on, on boxing. Like I'm proud of what I've done and you know, proud of what I can continue to, to achieve. But yeah, I'm I'm not not really shocked by obviously the, the lack of money and stuff like that. And yeah. I never like set my sights on, on, on any anything mad. But yeah, it's no I'm fine not on not on that out of the ordinary, and I, I love it. People say to me like, it "Must be hard," but I don't see it as like. Hard. Obviously, it's hard work. What we what we do in the gym every day, and the yeah. training, and what you're putting your body through. Yeah. But I don't see it as hard. I don't see it as a job, like a, a job, because I enjoy what I'm doing. Of course, you've been away there, obviously, with all the lads. You've had a nice break. You've kicked back and relaxed, and had a few beers, no doubt. In a in a, in the run up to Christmas now, do you kind of you know you said earlier that it's rare that you have a birthday off because you're always in training. Do you look at them as sacrifices that are necessary to be a professional boxer, or do you kind of enjoy the fact that your mates, you know, your mates like most lads, your most young lads, look forward, live for the weekends, you know, they party Friday, Saturdays, whatever they do, and that's not your lifestyle. You get to dip your toe in every now and again, yeah. but does that does that keep you hungry, or does that something you kind of regret and go, oh, I wish I could do that? No, do you know what? To be honest, I actually quite like when I haven't had a drink or I haven't been able to drink, and I enjoy the fact that. I can't for, for long periods of time because I think if, if I was allowed to, to do it, I would be doing it every weekend. I would be involved in that rat race that I would be living for the weekend, going out every weekend, suffering for the first few days of, of the week like I am now after the Jolly Boys. And yeah, then, yeah. obviously, by the time you feel better, you, you're going back on the air at the weekend again. So I think boxing, it's probably saved me from that and yeah. like kept me away from that. And, you know, it's, it's only quite a short career, so you can you can do do all, all the uh, thinking and going out when you... When you retire, of course, yeah. As uh, I think it was Gerard Houlier or something said to Stephen Gerard one time when he was a kid, he'd had a he'd had a run in a, at a nightclub or whatever, and he said, "Just focus on sport for the next ten years, and you know, after ten years, you can buy yourself a nightclub. You can yeah. do whatever you like. Then you know, kick yeah. back and relax. So it's always a good way to keep. Sent- it's a weird. I think Liverpool now, obviously, I'm a little bit old now, but the Liverpool City Centre, especially, you know, the, there's a transition in there because it's not about clubs no more. It's about these super bars. It's like these incredible yeah. bar scene and everything else. And it seems like it right now the city's like a melting pot. Obviously, it's never been City Centre's never been so popular for night out. But then there's an issue now with knife crime and stuff yeah. like that as well, I which know. is which is not great. I know it's, uh, it's ruthless, isn't it? You, you, you know, at at the time a young lad being stabbed, he was 21. Young cousin's twenty one and I hadn't heard from him, was panicking, ring him round if you if you're there, Raja, all right. Yeah. Spoke to him but it's, it's no need for it, is it? Like people are too happy to take knives out and, you know, guns as well now. Where whereas back in the day people used to have a fight and, you know, that'd be that, you forget about it. Yeah. But, and shaking have a beer. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's weird a weird time but you mentioned there uh, your family and uh, who's your biggest fan in, in, from your family then who's you know obviously I'm sure you've got massive support from them all but who's the one that stands out who's got the loudest voice when you fight um, probably Amy Grandad my granddad got that same I remember him when I was when I was an amateur he used to go God, but just that that's all he says don't shout <laughs> any 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 uh, any words of encouragement is just that go on you say them all the time great I love it Does that at that point when you hear that in the back of your head though you know do you does it spur you forward? Do you think, like, my granddad's here, I'm going to, you know what I mean? I'm going to turn it on a little bit more, or... Do you know what? I think because I'm not used to it, it's just... Uh, it's just like a soundtrack just, to yeah, your career just, now. Yeah, it's just normality. So, yeah, I used, used to hear the same, same voices all the time. Yeah, we'll definitely come on to to your career, and obviously, 2018, we can't wait for that. Uh, and what what's to come next from you? Uh, there's so many opportunities out there. We'll get stuck into that later in the show. I also want to ask you about Stephen Smith, who fights this weekend. Big yeah. David Price, who fought last weekend. Uh, we'll try and mention Mike Stafford, who fought last weekend, t- taking a fighter late notice. And I want to know a little bit more about what goes on at No Limits on a day-to-day basis with Danny and all the lads. We'll come on to that in part two and three. You're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. You're joining me in the studio today is the one and only Tom Farrell. We're surrounded by tinsel. We've got our Christmas hats on and everything, and probably a good place to wash it now, Tom. Where will you be Christmas Day? Is it a big family thing for you at Christmas? Um, yeah, I haven't got a massive family, um, but we always go to go to my nan's for my dinner. So me, me, me no one me, makes uh, Christmas dinner like your nan, do no. you? Me and my girlfriend will separate for the day. Yeah, yeah. She goes, she goes around to her mum's, and I go to my nan's. Don't, don't see it till later on then. See, I did that when, when I was caught, and obviously once you get married, you have to do the old alternate thing. Yeah. You see, so here. even now we've got like I've got two kids and everything, but even now we have to do either my wife's mum on Christmas Day and my mum Boxing Day. And then we flip it the following year. Yeah. It gets so political, mate. Once you get married, honestly, there's nothing you can do about it. What's your What's your nan's speciality then on Christmas Day? My nan, God rest her soul, like she made the best gravy. Honest to God, she took the she took the recipe to her grave, unfortunately, but she made the world's greatest gravy. Honest. We have a we have a nice prawn cocktail or pate starter. Oh, yeah. Love it. Yeah. And then yeah, the roast. Love my nan's roasties. Yeah. I'm a roasty monster myself. No, uh, no fight on the horizon this Christmas. No date. Yeah, uh, just, just found out the other day. Get out it's, of town! Someone's uh, dropped um, the date on you. Drop, you you're um, about to fill up on your nan's roasties. I dropped the bombshell. Oh, Having no. me, uh, me first bevy on Sunday. Yeah. Steve Wood said you better make that your last one. I was like, oh, oh no. no. <laughs> what <laughs> date? To look like Feb the tenth. Oh, that's devastating. Well, Absolutely well, devastating. No, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. The uh, what will that mean for you then, Chris? Just a small Christmas dinner, just a you know, plenty of meat it, and gravy, and no, and leave the carbs. I think it was ten weeks Saturday just gone. Yeah, so probably looking at about seven weeks off. I won't, won't be won't too, be too bad. bad. No, I won't be. Uh, won't yeah. be too stringent on the, on the food. Of course, yeah, yeah. Will you have a glass of champagne Christmas Day, or is that it now? You knocked it on the head from last weekend. Um. Yeah, that's the time to take it easy. Just uh, we see see what sort of opponent we're getting. Yeah, what 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 sort of fight it is. Of course. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to get back getting back in there. To be honest, I'm feel like a little bit of unfinished business. Feel like I haven't really had a fight. Yeah. I think my last fight it, it didn't feel like a fight because of because of how it went and felt like I had a lot of feel like I've got a lot of aggression to get out on someone. Of course. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, you're talking about the O'Hara Davis fight back in, sep- in September, Echo Arena. Uh, you know, it's funny you say you don't feel like you were in a fight because it was it yeah, was you know a tough, a tough one, fight. Yeah. You know, yeah. tough fight. Did you feel like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong in the first round or two when you got caught with that big shot? Yeah, it felt like I had a lot more to give. Felt yeah, like yeah. apart from me sore face, and the next morning I felt like I hadn't like exerted myself. I hadn't like I don't think I done done enough. Wow. But, uh, no, it's just it's one of them things. Yeah, as I said, it, it went wrong. I switched off, got caught in the first round, and it was yeah. it was a big shot. And after that, I was always surviving, really trying to trying to get my head together. Yeah. I think everyone thought I had a little spell in the third, fourth, and fifth round where Definitely. I was coming back into it and like look, looking better. But I think, uh, uh, as I said, I had a lot more to give, and you know, it's just uh, one of them things. It was a mistake. Um, a little switch off. And you know, I think I've learned a big lesson from it. Yeah, it was a heavy knockdown early on. It was it was that type of knockdown where you thought he's going to struggle to come back from this. But in typical fashion, 
what we've seen in your career, you, you seem to thrive in the trenches. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, I know early on you had a, you had you know you you were coasting for your opponents, but even the Tommy Caruso fight, you know that was a that was a cracking fight to yeah. watch from a fan's point of view. Yeah, you were you know you proved too talented for him and too strong for him, but it was like it's like you enjoy it when it's a war of wills. Yeah, as I said, that's what I, mean. I woke up and I felt like I hadn't been in the fight because I, I hadn't, I think, don't think, well, what might have been in the trenches, I was always trying to survive. I weren't like in there fighting back, really. Yeah. I felt like I, I should have fought a lot more, but as I said, learning curve, and, you know, while the plan was to, was to box him and, you know, make, make him miss him early on, I think I was just a little bit, a little bit sloppy, took my eye off, and, you know, he, he caught me and paid, paid off for him. Yeah, of course. Did you, did you, Expect him to hit that hard? Did you expect him to be that unorthodox? Because he is—he's a completely unorthodox fighter. You kind of don't know what he's going to throw next. He does throw mad haymakers, but he's obviously got power in his hands as well. Yeah, it's a little bit mad, you know. Like I think early on, I took a few shots. I thought to myself, "Can't punch that hard. It's all right. I can take this." And then I think the one that that landed, I think he hit me with a, a like a spate of shots, like a right hand and then a, a screw shot. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I didn't see. And that's the one that's uh, that that killed me. And then after that, I think I took bigger shots. Yeah, you did later on than I did when I went down. And yeah, it was it was a mad. It was described as it went like one of them where you've been it and you think that was hard. Yeah, it was a bit like it was a bit like a teen shot. Yeah, yeah. Where did that come, come from? from? Yeah, I was like yeah. boom. Yeah, do you think that's probably his strength? Is the fact that he throws unorthodox shots from weird angles that. Combined with a little bit of power, rather than him just being like a you know a, a, a one punch knockout merchant, do you think it's the fact that he is unorthodox? That's yeah, he is very, strength. very unorthodox. I think what it what it did underestimate was how long his arms were. Yeah, like at, at that time when the, when we squared up, um, when the fight had been made, I thought John wasn't quite a bit bigger than me, and like I was looking down him a little bit, and I felt felt solid. Like on the day of the weighing. Again, I felt bigger than him. Yeah. And then the next day, I don't know whether he's put on. I don't know how much weight he put on, but he, he looked he looked massive. When when you watch it back on the videos, where he looks huge. Yeah. Um, people are saying he looked like a different weight, and I I feel like I'm quite big. For, yeah, yeah. For the for the light welterweight, but like I think yeah, when when he's in there, he looked massive. So what, what do you blow up to then on on fight nights? Do you go to like 10, 10, 10, 10 eight, something like that? Like 10, 12 Yeah. On the, wow. On this one. So I'd put quite a bit of weight on myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you feel he was probably over eleven stone. You probably put I, over the stone. It's on. mad though. Like I, 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 you believe that he does. He doesn't really knock around at much heavier than like ten eight, ten ten himself. Mm. Uh, whereas I, I'm like over eleven stone, like walking around as you can tell now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's it was, it was just a strange one. I think his is the sheer length of his arms were like that was the sort of the big thing. Of when I thought I was out of range, I wasn't. Um, and like yeah, it, it paid off for me. He ended up landing that that big shot. But after that, it's mad. Obviously, I can't say he's not a big puncher because he, he quite clearly is. But yeah. he stopped off. I think something like thirteen out of 16, 16 fights. But so he's definitely a, a big puncher. But it went. It wasn't. As, he went as devastating as I thought. No one, as I said, he went like boom. You knew you'd be in it. Yeah. It was more like where where was that? Where did that come from? Of course. The atmosphere on the night, I don't know if you can remember it, but it was electric. Yeah. The, the, you had some fan base turn out for you. That at least you got to look back and think, wow, you know, things are happening for me. The fan base is there for me. So, you know, you've got a lot of people in this city yeah. that believe in you, that know you can come bounce back from it and, and go a lot further this year, yeah. 2018. I think uh, that, that was one of the sort of the side and the big things that I knew I'd learn from. I think with it being such a, such a big night for me, um, I was like chief support. I had that many people there. Yeah. I was thinking to myself in the back, do you know what? I need to need to enjoy this. Like because yeah. you spend you spend quite a lot of your time like worrying about it and like being nervous and thinking about what can go wrong and stuff like that. And that that you think before it's before you know it, it's over and like and and you you've missed missed the boat. So I thought to myself, do you know what? Enjoy this. Like chill out, relax. Like you you can do it. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I think I've as I've been coming to the ring, I've probably got a bit excited of being buzzing with all the support or like my music came on I was like half laughing like coming into the ring and I think then that's when I just switched off yeah the little you know you, you're going into a fight you're going into a fight with a big puncher you need to be switched on you need to remain focused and I think that's where I've just got a little bit caught up in, in the moment and tried to enjoy it a bit too much and forgot that I had 
I had this opponent in front of me and yeah. No, I think that so straight away I knew, knew, knew I've learned a lesson and I we need to sort of remain remain in fight mode and you know remain nasty at all times. But then to, But then that's what that's what this stage of your career is all about, Tom. That's it, Do you yeah. know what I mean? This is why you you are co co main, you know, and you you're taking these step ups to have these experiences. Both for yourself and the team as well. You know, you need yeah. to feel what it's like to be at the Echo Arena, to be co co main events before you can then have the experience to handle main events. That that's kind of where the progression yeah. is from. Yeah, that's you know, it. he's been there before. He's been in big fights before. Yeah. You know, so I think that was the main thing I took away from it. Is like, okay, I know you're going to be a much better fighter moving forward because of that experience. Yeah. You know, I I thought you were going to say um, that you were too focused, that you were too zoomed in, that the occasion got to you because you were like, well, you know, uh, the worst thing could happen, that may happen. I thought you were going to go the other way, but you've actually said, because one thing I was going to say to you was, next time, just enjoy it. Yeah. But, but obviously, yeah, you enjoyed it a bit that. too much. Yeah. You know, you needed to keep that. People talk about it. I have people in the studio all the time that talk about the fear factor. You've got to have that little fear factor to keep you on your toes, to keep yeah. you wide-eyed, to keep you focused. That, wait a minute, you know, I've got to be on my game here 100% because anything can happen in sport. That's it. Well, I feel I feel like I I always do perform better when I've got that bit of fear yeah. fear in me. And I think it was it definitely was there early on, and I knew I was going in into a into a big fight. You know, I was watching fights, watching his fights all the time. I watched the Josh Taylor fight with him. And I was thinking, I I'm in for a fight here. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's a he's a good kid. I'll always I give him give him a bit of stick and said he's he's crappy. He's technically crappy. He's this he's that. I, I, I believe that it's all, it, it yeah. all part of it. He is. He was. He's not technically. No, great, he isn't. But well, as Josh Taylor like, proved, he can be. He can be outboxed. Yeah, he's awkward and, he, and he's a big puncher. But so, so yeah. I said, just a little switch off and. Yeah. No. I've Have you watched the fight it. back much since? Have you yeah. watched that fight? Would you say you've watched that fight more than any of your others? People generally watch their losses more than their wins. I've watched it. Uh, I've watched it a few times. I don't really like watching it, Tom. Yeah, obviously. No, I don't like, like watching don't, it. Don't like watching <laughs> I don't think anyone from this city bit. likes watching it, yeah. Yeah, the, but yeah, <laughs> you know what? I, I think uh, I did get over it yeah. quite quite quick because I know what what I've done wrong and I know where I've gone wrong. Like, yeah, makes all I the difference. I haven't beat myself up over it. Um, I've just, you know, I accepted what I, the mistake I've made and, you know, it'll pay dividends in the future. It's the learning curve, as you said. Of course. I've, um, you know, how has it affected... <clears throat> your relationship with Danny and the rest of the team at No Limits? Because let's be honest, a lot yeah. of point fingers were pointed at Danny and the rest of the team for not pulling you out sooner. They know yeah. you better than anyone, don't get me wrong, and I'm sure that'll be your point. But, you know, there was times in that fight where I th- even I was thinking, okay, pull him out now because yeah. you're working. So th- three and four, I was like, here we go, we're coming back. But then he landed another big shot, I think it was in the fifth. And I was like, okay, we'll have another day. You know, you're a young yeah. fighter. You know, this is your first real obstacle. Get your out of there. It's not a problem. The guy's a big puncher. Get your out of there and you come back another day. Um, and I think there was a lot of fingers pointed at Danny at that point in time. How did that, I think some people on the outside might think, oh, that'll, be, that'll make their relationship frosty now. I've got a feeling it's solidified your relationship with Dan. Is that right? Or? I think, you know, I don't think... Uh... I don't think it's. Have you made spoke it. to him about it? Have you sat it, down yeah, and? Like I, I had uh, messages and I think Robbie Robbie messaged me, Robbie Davis messaged me just like obviously just after I being beaten. Just said, listen, people will point the finger and blame like everyone blame you, blame your team. Just 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 got to ignore it. And you know it was people. There was all sorts on Twitter, and I remember being we had to go to hospital just for a little routine check. Um, and Danny was Danny's head was chocker because he had all kinds of people giving him loads on Twitter and yeah. you know what I I'd, I'd never like hold my team sort of accountable. Danny's my best mate and like with them all day in the gym and then you know we spend time out the gym together and we're always doing stuff together. So yeah, when you it hasn't really made any difference at all. Like I I said some listen I I never I wanted you to pull me out especially like people were calling for after the first knockdown you know big fight like that and I wouldn't have. I would have flipped if he'd have pulled me out. Of course. So yeah, um, no, I'd n- I never blame blame him. You know, watching back, it's all right. Looking back in hindsight, saying, "All right, yeah, maybe you should have done this. Maybe you should have done that." But yeah, no, it's you know, I'm I'm all right now. Of course. And, you know, it's that's the team signed. We're not a we haven't we haven't been beat up over nothing. I think at the time it was a little bit hard to take because it was the first time, sort of. When any one of Danny's fighters have been in a big fight like that, and yeah. you know, sort of the way it's happened, but I'm sure we'll come back stronger than that. Of 
course. I, I think Danny, you know, not just in this city, but in the in the UK, he's one of the most exciting young coaches coming through. You know, we'll come on to your stable mates and everything a bit later on, but that's a buzzing gym. There's something, some there's someone sprinkled a little bit of magic in what's going on at no limits, and Danny's at the centre of all that. And yet he is a relatively young, inexperienced yeah. coach himself, but he's learning as well. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I feel like as a team, you're all learning together. You know, and I think. You know, at at the time, I was one of the people that said, "Oh, I think Dan probably should have pulled him out a little bit sooner there." But I don't know you as well as Dan yeah. does, and I don't know what you've done in the gym. Yeah. I've seen you come through fights with Tommy Caruso when I thought, "Whoa, Tom's just took a big shot," and I've seen you get grow, get stronger as the rounds progress. Yeah. So, you know, in hindsight, I kind of look at it and go, "Danny knows him better than anybody." So, yeah, definitely. I think a lot a lot of people are. Uh sort of made contact with Danny as well, like the likes of Joe Gallagher, who we work quite closely with, Jamie Moore, messaged Danny saying, listen, don't don't be worrying, you know, people yeah. people have told the, told the book, hey, they'll try and call you this, try and call you that on Twitter and that, but obviously you know your fighter best, and like, your decision, like, I, I sort of stand by, stood by Danny in that state away, I think put a, put, put a post on me, yeah, like Twitter the next day, obviously saying, like, listen, he's like my best mate, I'm with them all the time, I'd never have like someone pointing the finger at them. It's 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 me in there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it feels like <clears throat> it's funny. No limits, you know. I know Lewis Kempster really well. I grew up yeah. with Lewis's brother. Me and Lewis are good mates, and obviously Lewis does some coaching down there as well. And uh, whenever I speak to him about the gym, I always say, you know, how's things at the gym? And he went, you know what? It's like a family. Well, like a, yeah. well, like it's like a community centre. I mean, you've got the amateurs training alongside the pros, everyone's best mates, the crack's really good. You know, he said everyone's little personalities just fit in well. He said it's just, it's like a perfect little place to be. He loves it, absolutely loves it there. Uh, it's funny, I went, I went down to the, to the Merseyside and Cheshire squad, uh, not a squad, a summer camp, just to like to, to take my belt down and see some of the kids and obviously some of our kids were there. So like people were saying, yeah, do you want to get some pictures with Tom and his belt? And, and the, all the kids were like, yeah, yeah, and then, the lads from our gym are like, no, see him every day. It's sad. See him, <laughs> see him three times a week. I don't want me picture with him. I love it. Brilliant. The uh, In terms of then 2018, you've just mentioned it then, Steve Wood has floated the date around February. Um, in terms of, you know, what would be the ideal thing for you? Are you looking to bounce straight back in a title fight? Are you thinking an eight-rounder, ten-rounder? You know, do you want to you get a win under your belt first and then start looking at, say, the likes of Jack Cattle and people like that later in the year? Where's your head at with it? Um, I'm, I'm not too sure, you know. I mean, I'm quite easy. I think at first the plan was to box on a Steve Wood show um, February and I think he was going to get me like a sort of an eight-rounder yeah. um, so top of the bill on, on one of his shows. But I think now it might might be a matchroom show. Yeah. So I don't know how sort of Eddie will sort of look at. Put, what what he'll sort of be wanting to put me into, um. But yeah, I'll leave that to Steve. I'm I'm happy to do do whatever you know. Want to be in good fights. Want to be in big fights if if he feels the need to to get me in the win to get me back in there. But you know, I'm, I'm feel like I'm more than ready to yeah, step back up to the plate and you know be in big fights. Of course, there's loads of you know there's loads of opportunities in the round the city with title fights. Paul Butler. Uh, put a little post out today actually saying he's he's back in camp now, this big title fight coming. I'm guessing that's a world title shot same, for him. Same date. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, there's the there's like Butler, there's Tasha Jonas, there's Callum Smith, there's Liam Smith, there's there's a lot of people laid on on the verge of a phone call away from a world title shot. Just like last time at the Echo Arena, you're looking at co main events. You're perfect for a co main shot, whether it's another international or intercontinental or another another belt of that ilk would be perfect for you, I think, right now. Yeah. Rather than take a step backwards, I'd like to see you keep pushing forwards. All due respect to Steve Wood shows and I love yeah. what Steve does, but you know, we this city's had a taste of you in, in, in big fight title action. And okay, it didn't go your way, but again the the atmosphere, the fan base. You know, let's not go backwards. Let's keep moving forwards yeah. with it. Let's let's get you back in a title fight. It's twenty eighth of the day as well, so I've got no uh, got long time to. Well, exactly. That. I was just going to say that, Tom. You are looking a bit old, anyway. So, yeah, you're listening to Fight <laughs> Disciples on Radio City Talk. Stick with us. Coming up in part three, we're going to do a quick review of uh, what happened last weekend with David Price. We're going to look ahead this weekend to Stephen Smith. We may even get a chance to talk about uh, Callum Smith going out to Berlin and Muhammad Ali Trophy. And we'll also talk about Tom's incredible proposal out in Rome. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. I'm Nick Pete and the studio with me still is Tom Farrell. And 
listen, I thought we had a little exclusive there. My mate Lewis had sent me a little message, and as I teased before we went to the commercial break, Tom was going to tell us all about his beautiful romantic proposal out in Rome. But you were scratching your head when I said that, mate. Lost for words. (laughs) It never happened. It never happened. You still haven't put a ring on that finger, now. He got the wrong end of the stick, though. That was in Vegas. Oh, it was in Vegas. So what happened out in Rome? Uh, no, I mean, I had a lot of ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lo- loads of Lewis there giving me some bad facts. I'll tell you what he has told me, though, as well. He's told me your gym nickname. What? See, the world, we all think it's Fazza, but apparently it's not. Apparently no, yeah. it's apparently it's Sticky Fingers are oh, being yeah. sold. Tom Sticky Fingers Farrell. What's this relate to? Apparently robbing others people's gear out the gym, he reckons. Eating people's no, chocolate bars. No, normally food, yeah. It all, <laughs> all happened when uh, Chris Tam, he, he's, uh, he's what's it called with his food, he's... You know, if if you go near his food, he kicks off. So he'd, uh, he'd left a packet of wine gums in the back. <laughs> so a, a few times I've done it now, I'd opened the packet of wine gums, at one or two wine gums, and then done the packet back up. And he uh, he come to me, he was going, he's going, someone thinks I'm stupid, you know. Someone keeps eating the wine gums and putting it back. <laughs> of all the people for him to say yeah. to. I was like, honestly, I'd like me. me. Danny's swearing down and he doesn't like wine gums, he wouldn't bother. But he, uh, he, he fl- flipped his lid in the end. I love it. As if, as if Danny doesn't like wine gums. As if anyone on the planet doesn't like wine gums, by the way. I'm not having that. I'm not having that. In, in terms of then the, the gym, it's mad when you look at the division that you're in, obviously. It's a red-hot division in the, in the UK, red-hot division worldwide. But, you know, from a domestic standpoint, um, there's so many great fights out there. Uh, there's so much, you know, there's so many great fights to make. But, you know, you've already had a, a local derby with Tommy Caruso, which was a belter, you know, a, a yeah. great fight. And then I was looking through the rest of the your weight class and everybody else who's who's in, ranked in the top 30 in the UK, you're either trained with every day or he's your mate <laughs> in Robbie Davis. There's like Robbie, yeah. uh, Jed Carroll, Ryan Mulcahy, Tom McGuinness. All you, yeah. you're all the same weight division. I think Eddie, Eddie Ainsley had to make me and Ryan. Did he, yeah? He texted Steve saying, what about Fazza and Ryan? He was like, they're in the same gym. Yeah, stay there, I'll video it for you right now. I don't know what corner Daniel do. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you could run from one corner to the other or something mad like that, but it's a weird one to have, you know, so many lads in the same weight class, in the same gym. Must be great for sparring, obviously. To be honest, Jed 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 can do lightweight. Yeah, Jed will go down, will he? Tom McGuinness, although he thinks he can do thinks he can do lightweight, but I haven't seen him make it, yeah. But yeah, no, I think he really, he's got the frame for it. Um, and Luke Willis, obviously, he's going to be lightweight, but he's been campaigning a bit heavier. Yeah. Um, Ryan, Ryan really is the only light welter in our gym with me, but yeah, so we're all around about the same weight. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's great for sparring. We don't, don't really have to go anywhere, but yeah, we still still do get us some outside sparring, yeah. um, which is always great. But yeah, we always kill each other anyway. So It's weird that, though, because obviously you're, you're a step ahead of all those lads at the moment, but... You know, have you, have you had a conversation in the gym where it's like, is it like a race to the British title between you and Ryan? Because obviously you're never going to fight each other. So, you know, is it like, oh, well, I'm going to go the Commonwealth. I'll go this route then towards Continental Belts and, you know, the world title route like you've done previously. And is Ryan going to go more of a traditional domestic route? Have you sorted this out or? No, just to be honest, we haven't really spoke, spoke like that. I think when I, I sort of picked my title up, um, Eddie, that was because Eddie Hannah promised me to get a title shot um, because he said, we should have had one when we when me and Colby boxed. I think we were meant to be boxing for the centre area, but yeah, Sam Mackin had won it. So I think Colby still thought he had it, but Sam Mackin had won it. Um, but then we we couldn't get get that for the, that shot. So we said I'll get you the title fight the next one. So that's why we ended up with an international opponent. Um, and then Ryan Ryan picked up the centre area not long ago. So and but he he sort of said yeah I want to go I want to go that route I want to go to centre area English. He want, wanted to do that route, but. Yeah, I'm more than happy to, to try and pick up some Demeter titles and that's what I'm sort of aiming for, yeah. Everyone wants that British title. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'll be getting back in the gym, getting me a down, you know, sort of working towards that. Obviously, I've just been beat, so I might have slipped down the ranking a little bit. Might have to get a few wins under my belt and, you know, beat someone. Else. But that was international. Do you yeah. know, I know it was O'Hara Davis, but it was for an international belt. It wasn't, you know, I don't think that should necessarily affect your British rankings. Hmm. I wouldn't have thought, but, uh, you know, funny... You know, another former teammate, not anymore. We were just talking about him then off air, Robbie Davis, and him texting you and everything else. Funny how your career and Robbie's 
followed a very similar path last year. Yeah. You know, both undefeated, both win international versions of, of world title belts, you know, both ranked uh, with world title governing bodies and then, you know, both suffer your first defeats last year. Funny that you've, and both obviously former Nosley yeah. Vale boys as well, like, weird that you've kind of, your, your careers are following exactly the same path. And all the sort of like parallel army, like I remember it was like, a box Robbie years ago we boxed as amateurs yeah. against each other. I boxed with Stockbridge and he boxed knows well. That was before we joined up between forces. Um but yeah, he, he turned over the the uh, I think maybe a couple of years before me. I, I remember going to watch him. That's when I, that's the first time I thought to myself, I don't know, I don't know I fancy having a go with this yet. I think I think he stopped someone in like the first round in the Olympia. I was watching, I was buzzing, just thinking, Don't know, I fancy this and obviously when we f- when I've turned professional I went with with Dave Tonks, where, where Robbie is, so we trained together there as well for a bit, um, before I ended up moving on, so, yeah, I think everyone, everyone, like, sort of, like, always compares, and always says, oh, what, what, what about you getting it on, and stuff like that, but, it's one of them, we, we've boxed, we've boxed as amateurs, but, we're close mates anyway, but, it hasn't sort of been called for yet, and, we, we wouldn't go out and call each other out, you know what I mean? But of course. Obviously, people will start talking and will start saying, you know, what about these two? And yeah, because I'm, I'm sure now both your names are being mentioned in various promoters and managers' office up and down the country saying, okay, who's next for Jack Catchell or whatever it may be. Both of you are being put up for the same kind of fights, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it, obviously, if you didn't know each other, it would be a perfect fight to make right now. Yeah, would be course, would yeah. be you against each other, but... Do you think, obviously, from the sounds of it, that's never going to happen, but, you know, can you imagine maybe in the future if there's a world title belt or you're hopefully both world champions, what a fight like that would be like at the Echo yeah. Arena? That would be bonkers. Yeah. It would be insane. Well, you only have to look at, like, Rocky and Callum. I think they, they had a massive fight, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, and they were teammates. They both yeah. went to the tundra yeah, together. Course, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not to say it'll ne- never happen. It's just one of them where I think Tom... Tom Carras called me out, didn't he? He went, went for me on Twitter, so yeah. we had a little bit of needle there because of that. Because we used to be quite close, Tom, and we still are now. To be honest, that uh, he's still speaking at me and Tom, but he, he sort of went for me on that. Whereas I'd, it's not really my style anyway to go out calling people out on Twitter. But yeah, as I said, I wouldn't wouldn't be calling any any mates out on people who would go go sort of way back with. Of course, the the only one in the city that isn't either a sparring partner or a former teammate is Sam Maxwell. I know Sam's only I think he's like five and zero now and stuff like yeah. that, but. There's some. There seems to be like so many uh, super lightweights in this city. It's bonkers. Well, that, that, I mean? That's I think within this region, you, you know anyone, know everyone anyway. Where where me and Sam, we've never never fought. We've only sparred. We've sparred a couple of times on like an amateur squad, but like within this city, you could say everyone. You sort of you meet because you know you've known them for that long. Knew Sam for years through through boxing. Yeah. Knew Steve Lewis for years through boxing. It, the list goes on you can say that about everyone so yeah, you can't obviously avoid everyone because you sort of know them if, of course you know, if, if people start offering offering you the fight and it's good money then obviously things change don't they and you'll put it to one side at the end of the day Tom it's show business not show friends do you know yeah. what I mean I, I say yeah. that all the time it's like if the money's right just just make it happen yeah. Um in terms of domestically then outside of the city who, who do you rank as the number one at the moment who, you know do you think Josh Taylor's proved himself to be the best in the UK? Yeah, I think uh, he he's, he really come on, hasn't he? And we always knew he was class amateur. I remember watching him box Tom Stalker. I think in like the the GB Commonwealth Tour. Yeah, that, he boxed at the Echo Arena, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. We, we always knew he was a quality operator, but yeah. I think he's just gone to the next level now. Yeah, I think uh, what he done to Awara showed showed how good he was in his last fight when he boxed that. Unbeaten Mexican, he, he was incredible. He showed yeah, how, how good he was against Vasquez. Yeah, the former champion. I think he's. Uh, you know, I think you're right. I remember when he boxed Tom Stalker at the Echo Arena, and Tom won, didn't he? Yeah. Tom, Tom won yeah, that Tom, fight as well. I think Tom beat him twice. Yeah, I'm sure. Was that was that a was it a combat? No, it wasn't a combat game. Was it an Olympic qualifier or something like that? Because I, I remember Josh Taylor was yeah. in beat was in tears. A box off. Yeah, he was in tears at the time, and it's funny now to look at, you know. For Josh, then it looked like the end of his world, and and Tom looked like he could do no wrong, and yet Tom has it proved out. Josh Taylor's been, you know, he's really acquitted himself well as a pro. But yeah. someone like Tom, you know, who you know, a lot of boxers around your weight class would have probably looked up to Tom during the amateur days, and it just hasn't happened for him at the pros. Yeah, of course, he hasn't reached the heights that he that everyone sort of expected him to. But 
No, I'm not too relaxed tonight. And he's he's still learning. I think he's still he's still going to be fighting. I think so. Yeah, I think there's talk at the moment that he's going to do. He's going to become a matchmaker for NTK. Yeah. So I, I I don't know whether he's 100 coming back or internationally. Then who's, who would you say is the number one in your weight in your weight class? He's just moved up, hasn't he? Um, what's it called? Terence Crawford. Yeah, yeah. He was a uh, he's he's something else, isn't he? That Crawford, and obviously it looks like he's he's moving up. So at least the Keep the uh, super lightweight division wide open, doesn't it? There's loads of vacant belts for, for yeah. people to be fighting for. There's loads of big names around as well, you yeah. know. And on, on in Dongo, obviously, he's a big puncher. Broner's obviously the marked man up there at the moment because he looks like he's uh, he looks like he's an accident waiting to happen every yeah. time he fights. But uh, where'd you rate Jack Cattrall then, the, the, the Golden British champion? Yeah, I think he's uh, he's good, Jack. I think he's a lot better. It it sort of comes across. You only have to look what he's done to Tom, yeah. Tom Stork and Nathan Bluff. He's definitely a puncher himself um, and I think he, he's quite deceiving while he's he's got, he's got a bit of a quite slow style and doesn't doesn't seem to be very active but when what he does do he's, he's quite accurate when he yeah. does throw punches he's quite accurate and he quite obviously can hurt you but yeah it's obviously a, f- a fight down land that definitely be, be sort of looking at pursuing if, especially if he's got the British title yeah that, I was just going to come on to that yeah you know is that the call ideally is that the way you'd like to go Domestically now, or yeah, but I have boxed on eliminator for the English, but never sort of never uh, not, uh, not on back off that. Um, but yeah, British title is the big one, isn't it? It's the one that everyone everyone wants that long tail belt. I was quite surprised how how uh, convincingly Carter all beat Nurse as well. Yeah, was the rate Nurse quite highly. Yeah, I think he's a uh, he's he's got very good operator, but. Yeah, I think Cat's all done, done it quite Done a bit of a end, number on him, yeah, he did, yeah. Uh, speaking about <clears throat> tough fights, um, let's, Stephen Smith this weekend, Mandalay Bay, first scouser in 40 years uh, to fight in Las Vegas, fighting Francisco Vargas, the former champion. Uh, we're told it's going to be a, an eliminator for the Super Featherweight, for one version of the Super Featherweight world title. Um, you know, this guy was a former WBC champion, Um Tough fight for Swifty this yeah. weekend. Third, third real chance on at this level. Uh, he's obviously gone out to Las Vegas nice and early. Um, Thirty-two now himself. It, it's starting to feel a bit like now or never, Tom, isn't it with Swifty? Yeah, it's sort of like last last sort of chance saloon, isn't it? Like it, it's a big, big, uh, big ash. But you know, I think Stephen. I always used to watch him as an amateur and just think how good he was. And I think he, he has been good as a pro as well. I think it is a it is a big ash, but. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure he, he can uh, pull it off, and I really hope he does. Yeah, don't think it'd happen to someone better. He's a, you know, he's that that good, that good lad. He's quiet out the ring. He doesn't get involved in no, no aggro. He just keeps himself to himself, and you know, he's a, he's a great fighter as well. I just hope he pulls it off. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and speaking of speaking of great fighters and great lads, it was nice personally to see Big Pricey back at the weekend. It was on yeah. an MTK show. It was screened on the internet. It wasn't even on TV. Maybe that's a you know a, a proof of where how Pricey's willing to put the work in now you know because you know at the end of the day Pricey twelve months two years ago whatever was headlining shows on Sky Sports yeah. and everything else headlining the Echo Arena um, and you know he makes us come back in a six rounder live on the internet you know I, I think a lot of people will see that as a negative I see that as a positive I think he's like okay he's willing to put the work yeah. in to get back to where he was exactly yeah he's not a not asking for no gimmies as he's going out and he's in at the hard ways. Went and boxed on a bit of a small all show under the MTK banner. And it's good to see him back enjoying enjoying boxing because I think he used to do a bit of work in, in our gym and in no limits, standard condition while while he was at Caldwell and you know, he didn't didn't really look, strike me as being that happy and now he you know, he looks looks cha- changed. He looks like he's in, enjoying it again. Yeah. You know, chasing chasing big fights. Yeah, I had him in the studio. We were chatting about that exact thing, you know, and he was saying that he's got a smile on his face. He's enjoying working with Derry. He's enjoying he's enjoying being with the team. You know, he said he, since he turned pro, he always did it on his own. But being in a team environment, you know, and you'll find this, you know, training alongside Luke and Jed and Ryan, you know, there's a there's a little edge of competition yeah. as well in there. You know what I mean? How many reps you just done? You did twenty. I'll do twenty two. Do you know what I mean? It's like even when you're doing circuits, but then yeah. it's having a laugh as well. It's like camaraderie that you get. You push each other as a team. That's it. Yeah. But when I first went pro with Danny, I was training on my own. So it, it, it does get lonely when you're training on your own. But now I've got I got Jed. Jed came along. 
Um, we hit it off straight away, and then obviously Tom McGuinness came then, and you know the rest just sort of followed. They ended up with Danny only went meant to be training me, he ended up with seven throws. Um, so yeah, but it is boss. Everyone pushed each other. You know, obviously sparring, got in out sparring, which is competitive. But yeah, it's it is it is good to have a bit of a team because that's what people sort of miss from me. Amateur days having a big, big team sort of ethic and everyone pushing each other and making yeah. each other work hard. I know? think that's where the love of boxing comes into it as well. I think if you you know if you're if you're doing your strength and conditioning on your own, then you're driving to Sheffield. You know, and don't get me wrong, I think Dave Calder is a phenomenal coach. But you're doing your pad work and your technical stuff on your own. Then yeah. you're driving back to Liverpool and maybe you've got to go for a run on your own. You know, that can that can be it takes a special kind of person to be able to handle that psychologically, to do that every day. That grind, you know yourself. There's, there's times I'm sure you pull into the car park at no limits and you think, you know what? I don't fancy this today. But then you'll see Ryan or you'll see Jed and they'll go, come here, lad. And the next thing you know, you put your hand wraps on and you're laughing again, you're smiling and you're straight into it. Imagine on a negative day, having to do it on your own every day again. There's the, the only person I've ever known that's been able to do that. Well, two, actually. Shane Airy used to do that. Yeah. But he's, that's the way Shay's programmed, you know. And I remember growing up, covering him as a young journalist and seeing that in him. He lived like a monk. He loved the solitary lifestyle. And today, Tony Bellew does that. Tony yeah. Bellew does it all on his own. He's got no team around. It's just him and Colton. And he does his own thing. But I think for 99.9% of boxers, you need that. And I think that's what Pisces missed. You need that mm. team around you. Like that, I say that camaraderie. Yeah. Keep things fun. At the so, end of the day, you only get one go at life, and you know if you're not enjoying it, what's the point in doing it? Exactly. That's kind of that's kind of my attitude with it. In terms of 2018, then February we get back out, we get a big win, hopefully on a on a big undercard here in Liverpool. Let's crack on for that British title. I think, mate, I'd love to yeah. see you fight for that British title. I think. That, don't get me wrong. I think it's a great fight with Jack Cattle, but more more than you're more than capable of winning. I think to be honest. I think that's a really good match from a fan's perspective. On paper, that looks like a really good matchup for me. Have a chat with Eddie. I will. I'll make that happen. Listen, we'll get that Lonsdale that belt down at no limits, <laughs> no problem. Uh, thanks for joining me in studio, my mate. Have a wonderful Christmas. Pass on my best regards to your nan. If you're struggling with the roasties, let me know. You know, just text me because I'm a roasty monster. I'll fly down to your nans and small, I'll, small I'll funnish them me. off. But that's it. If you have a small plate, you see, I don't want to leave your nan with roasties there. She needs thrown away. I'll pick them up. No problem. Uh, you've listened to uh, Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.